I think the most important piece we talked about today, you know, everyone talks, there's just two things that people see in life. One is they want to feel happy with themselves, right? So that everyone wants to be happy with themselves. That's just a simple fact. It's difficult to do. But the one thing that everyone worries about first is I need to make money so I can be happy with myself. Switch it up, turn it around, seek that quality of life, spend more time with your family, spend more time on yourself, doing the things that you love, be happy and joyful, and then the money, the luck, and the coincidence will happen and it'll fall right into your lap. And I'm not even kidding. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 604. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and today I am thrilled to introduce you to our guest, turnaround specialist Stephen Kuhn. Stephen helps businesses turn around using a variety of different strategies, and I am so interested to learn more about what he does because, listeners, you've heard the journey that me and my business have been on. You've heard the journeys of so many other guests on the podcast, but I want you to hear first about Stephen's journey because it in itself has been remarkable, as is every one of our journeys. So Stephen, I just want to thank you for being here today. Just our pre-chat alone has already been so pleasurable, but for listeners who haven't met you before, would you mind sharing a little bit of your journey and how you got here? Yes, indeed. It's a long story, but I'll keep it short. <laughs> I hail from Pennsylvania, and I joined the military when I was 19 or 18. I left for Germany when I was 19 in the Army and stayed until 1993. After Iraq, after my duty tour of duty in Iraq, I got out in Europe and stayed here. And I lived in nine countries and did some amazing things besides the highs. I had some very lows as well, homelessness in 2008 in Berlin, Germany. I had nightclubs, I had health clubs, I had big chains, I worked for the NASDAQ, I worked for, I was a NASDAQ listed company, I, I worked for German Parliament, German politicians, spoke at the Euro, at Croatian European Parliament, just a lot of crazy things. Uh, I worked for Andrea Bocelli, Mick Jagger, Olivia Newton-John, and I've been self-employed the whole time. So it's been, I don't want to say a struggle, but an amazing experience for me, so that everything that I did was to sustain my life. My quality of life is which basically the goal of everything I do is to sustain the highest quality of life possible. And now I'm living in Hungary, which is my ninth country. My business is still based in Germany, so I'm there as well. And I'm married with two children. There is so much there. <laughs> First, you got me on homeless. My, my <laughs> husband is a United States Air Force veteran who found himself homeless actually a year only a year before we met he was living in um outside of fargo north dakota in the middle of Ooh. winter and found himself homeless yep. i mean and that's i have no desire i am sorry to our north dakotian in my making up words <laughs> listeners i have no desire to visit you in the middle of summer much less <laughs> you know in the <laughs> negative 40 degree oh, yeah. 50 feet of snow winter just no thanks I grew up in Rochester. That's about as close to that type of environment as I ever want to get, latitude-wise. But right. it was a tough spot for him because he he enlisted on 9-12-2011. Right. 2001. Sorry, I was right. a decade off. And did his six years plus of service and then transitioned back into the real world, which he had honestly never really known because 
of the circumstances with, which led him to even enlisting in the first place. And it was a tough place. So how do you go? This is me being extremely nosy, so forgive me, please. But No, nope, no worries. Did homelessness come before Mick Jagger, Andrea Bocelli, and Olivia Newton-John, or after, or somewhere in the middle? It came in the middle, so after wow. after Mick, before the other two. You know, success is, it's all relative, right? And, you know, we thought, you know, we often think when we're growing up, we have to do the things we're told to do, you know, go to school, get a college degree, get a job, work your way up, this kind of stuff. Well, when I got out of the military, I had no desire for working for anyone. I tried, you know, I worked in the nightclub scene for a while, then I opened up my own nightclubs and I opened my own cocktail bar and I would consult other ones how to open theirs. But the, uh, let's say I kept trying to fit in, fit my round peg into the square societal hole and it just didn't work and I kept running against walls. And the first time that happened, um, I lost everything, including my first wife. I mean, she left. I, I didn't lose her that way. But she left and I didn't see the signs that were screaming in my face saying, this is not the way to live. So I went back to that life after I wrote a book in Germany, and in German, and it was a bestseller. And I literally wrote it two weeks later, it was a bestseller and I was on a, a year book tour. And that sort of sustained me until I figured out, okay, I'm going to go back to the corporate world as a facilitator turnaround guy. And that's what I did. And then again, six, seven years later, there I was again, you know, at the end of my rope, gun to my head, ready to let it all go. And I, had, I called a friend in Austria and said, look, man, if you don't come get me, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. So he sent me a plane ticket. I flew to Austria. He picked me up and dropped me off at a monastery with Benedictine monks. And I stayed there for eight months, and I didn't tell anybody where I was. I didn't pay any bills. I, I didn't pay anything. I didn't have anything because I had just become homeless. So I said, forget it. So I went to the monastery. I came back. was a whole different person. Still didn't have a home, but it didn't bother me. Matter of fact, I reveled in it. Matter of fact, I can understand why people like to stay homeless. Now, mind you, I had a car, so that was my everything. And in my car, I had suits and ties, which is what I would wear every day because that's how people were used to me. So still, even though I was free of societal you know, imagery in my mind, I still thought that I had to be that person that everybody knew me as instead of you know, being myself. And that's, that's when, when I finally decided to go back to the corporate world. I said, I want to do it on my terms. And when I went back on my terms, they sent me to Budapest. They asked me to go to Budapest. So I went or I came. And that's when I decided to be me for real. And it created teams and companies and cultures that I've never seen anywhere else so that's sort of become my um my mantra and people know me a lot of people call me the hitman because i base everything that i do on honesty integrity and transparency which in short is hit it's also the name of my podcast the hit show and uh hit is real simply put honesty is being honest with yourself about who you are why you do what you do what your purpose is and your identity and the transparency is how you communicate that to the entire world in any form there is and integrity is the byproduct of those two. And when you live that life, you're 100% authentic. It's just ridiculously authentic that you, you can actually dictate your own market value, which is what I do. So I say what I want, and they either take it or they don't, and I'm not worried about it. And because of the certainty that I have in my life, I'm typically, you know, typically booked or contracted to do the jobs that I want to do or the, you know, the tasks that I want to do, the projects that I want to do. And that all is, that's all based on hit. And it just goes much further, I believe, in this thing called the life enterprise. And you know, much like a business enterprise, we're CEOs of our own life enterprise. And just like a CEO of a business enterprise, they answer only to the stakeholders. And stakeholders in our life enterprise are anyone in our life. So our wife, our husband, our kids, our family, friends, anybody. And we have but one mission in our life enterprise, and that is to leave those people 
our stakeholders in a better place when you leave them is when you met them. And that's another thing about the only way you can do that is if you're truly interested in them. Number one, number two, you know who you are and you love yourself and you accept yourself 100%. And of course you operate according to hit and it just makes this entire thing. It makes this entire life, this quality of life so high that the revenue, the money, the earnings, the good things in life come automatically. Everyone tries to make money to have a good life, but living a good life first attracts money. And that's just, that's what I learned over the years. So, Wow. I don't know if you realize, Stephen, how many parallels we have. Wow. You know, besides the fact that I have boobs. and you. (laughs) 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 But I do have a question before I jump into that. How honest would you say you were being before you called your friend in Austria? I was lying to myself. You know, I have to do this. This is what I have to do. You know, I got to fight. I got to push. As a military veteran, we're taught that. We're taught to run through the wall. You know, we're taught to push hard and never let anything get you down and never let anything stop you. It's either you make it or you die. And that was the sort of attitude that I had. But we weren't in war. And I wasn't in war. I wasn't in battle. It was my life. You know, there's a lot of veterans out there. And there's, you know, some people like Jocko Vilnik or, you know, Tim Kennedy. And these these are veterans that are very prominent on the battle side of life. So, you know, Jocko has this saying, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning because the enemy gets up then. And I'm like, man, if you live your life like that, Every single day, you're going to battle every single day. So you get what you put your energy into. I think everyone knows that. That's, that's an obvious. So I don't do that. I do the exact opposite. I, I go positive. I go, you know, I do the, the meditation. I do the, what I call magic mornings. So I'll meditate a little bit. I'll journal a little bit. I'll learn a little bit. Then I go to the gym. And I pump myself up for the whole day. Audio book in the gym. And then I do what I call my morning purge, my daily purge on, on video for my followers. And I just let out whatever's in me. It's usually something super motivating, inspiring, and <laughs> you know, I'm just all pumped up and ready to go. So the negativity disappears from your life when you live according to HIT. Because the one thing I didn't tell you is that the key indicator for living a life, a high quality of life, is living without expectations. Now, most people would say, well, that's impossible. Well, there's two ways to live without expectations. One is you don't have them. And the second one is if you have them, you must verbalize them. And that that's obviously plays a big role in business and in your relationships. Any relationship on a planet that's healthy is based on integrity. That's why it's so important. So when I talk to my wife and I say something to my wife or I do something for my wife, I don't do it to get a reaction. I don't do it to get something. I do it because I can, because I want to, because I love her. When I do something in business, I do it because I can, because it's the right thing to do. I don't have an expectation. And when you have no expectations, you're never disappointed. So therefore, you never experience negativity. It's incredible. And even when you do experience negativity, because you're solution-oriented, you're always looking for the solution anyway, so you don't focus on the bad. Damn, you're good. Wow. <laughs> okay. 2005, I started my first business, right. which should have never been started in the first place. And, and I know we, we should get rid of the shouldas, and I say that with a should in front of it. Yeah. But seriously, it was not a business that I started with any desire to have whatsoever. I already had a full-time job, and I was doing the full-time job more than full-time. I mean, there was a hour-long driving commute through cornfields, right. and then I would stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning doing right. the business, but I had to be back up at 5 to get to work. And by January 1st, 2008, I was admitted to the mental hospital. Listeners, if you Google it, that's the same day that Britney Spears, yes, Spears, that's the same day that Britney Spears was admitted to the mental hospital. So I'll never forget, you know, yeah, yeah. I share that. Um, and that's about <laughs> it. That's about it. But it was because 
I was not living an honest existence. I was not living honestly with my then husband, who right. was my high school sweetheart, who I also should have never married. Right. But I was not being honest with him. I was not being honest with myself. I mean, my business was, if I was lucky, making me a quarter a day. But I was right. convinced that I could make it work. But I never took a step back to look at the big picture. Do I even want it to work? Do I even care if it worked? Right. And by New Year's of 2008, I was at the point that I was about to drive off the road because I was so sleep deprived, so stressed. I was like, this doesn't work anymore. So I told my ex that that's how I was feeling and he checked me in. So that was a hard six days. But I got to tell you, I did, it was not like your, um, did you say monastery? Yes. Okay. For some reason, monastery always has me think of nuns and not monks. That's a thing in my own head. Nuns, you know, but- nuns are convent. Okay, convent. thank you. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. So the mental hospital is definitely not a monastery. I mean, I was I was in there with this guy who was convinced he had left a tractor trailer full of zoo animals on the highway. And right. he was going around gathering Dixie cups so that he could take water to them. And I was just standing there thinking, what the heck am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were actually a lot of health issues that impacted the way that I was thinking. And I was actually even hallucinating. And I was scared for the longest time, which is why I really love HIT. When you said you were HIT man, I was like, oh, what, <laughs> what the, who do I have on the show? But I see integrity and transparency. I was scared for the longest time to even share that I had been in the mental hospital because I was afraid of what people would think. But the truth is, is that I got there for a reason, and it was because I wasn't being honest with myself. And it was also because I wasn't taking care of myself. And in the end, it was lack of self-care. I've had hypothyroidism since birth, and I hadn't been taking my medicine for a good year. I mean, right off the bat, that's horrible. And then add sleep deprivation on top of it. And they were surprised I was even still alive when they did the blood work. Right. But it took another decade for me to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we, we get signs all the time. We, you know, if you're not aware of them, you're not conscious of what the signs mm-hmm. possibly mean, then, yeah, we just keep traveling on. Yeah. Actually, maybe not a decade. It took me another eight years, though. But two years after the mental hospital, I left my ex-husband, and I vowed that I wasn't had been a relationship full of lies, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. We get along better now than we ever did, even when we were dating. Mm-hmm. But it was a relationship totally on lies on my part because he was very controlling. And I committed to myself that my rebirth, which is what I call when I left him, was going to be all about truth and honesty. And while I was honest with other people, and I didn't use white lies as I had before, I wasn't fully being honest because I wasn't even being honest with myself. Right. That's a journey every day. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a constant. I'm always monitoring myself, monitoring my surroundings, monitoring my verbiage, my feelings, my thoughts. That's why the magic morning is so key for me, because I do that, you know, meditation, review the past day, set up this day. Then I journal and I journal as long as I have to journal until it's completely positive and, you know, manifesting. You know, some, sometimes you get up, you're, I don't know, you're just in, a, in that mood. Especially, I have, I have, you know, I still have dreams of the war and things like that. So I wake up sometimes I'm in a bad place. So I just know that it's a process that I can get out of, but I have to do it consciously. Yeah. Well, I do not wake up with an alarm, and I've shared yeah. that on the podcast many times. This morning, however, was one of those rare days when I actually had a nine o'clock podcast recording. I have set up my schedule now that I start my day at ten. So I set my alarm last night. Wouldn't you know that my phone died? Yeah. 
Ariana Huffington. Yes, I'm sorry. I do use my phone for my alarm, but I normally don't even take my phone into my bedroom. Right. Because I don't, I have enough kids who wake me up in the morning. I don't need right. an alarm. <laughs> but I wake up, you know, about 7.30 naturally, not even with my alarm. And I realize right. that my phone is dead. Like, huh, well, that's keeping me true to my word that I share all the time that I don't use my alarm because it wasn't even there. I would love to dig into you being a turnaround specialist because I have to say that in my own business, the biggest growth came when I turned around from having comparison-itis and trying to do what everybody else was doing. Right. And I say everybody else in quotes to really being me. And the breaking point came when I was wondering if I needed to cut my hair off and, and color it turquoise <sighs> to get attention. And there was a whole story behind that. Listeners, I'll put it in the show notes. But what type of clientele do you work with and where do you see their greatest needs for turnaround coming from? Well, it's funny you should say that. You know, most people look at a turnaround guy and say, okay, this guy's going to help me fix the revenue. He's going to help us, you know, save money, save costs and things like that, which is, you know, obviously what I do. But what I do a little differently is when someone comes to me and they know me, typically it's a referral. And they say, look, man, I need money. I'm running, you know, we need, we're plateaued or we need to grow or, uh, you know, we just got this big hit and now we, we don't know where to get the money from. I do one thing as, as I find existing streams of income, what I call dormant revenue that they're not capitalizing upon. There's three ways to grow a company, only three ways to grow a company. That's uh, higher prices, more clients and repeat sales. And when you know this, underneath that is the 35 ways within those three there's also a fourth way, you can buy, you acquire another company, but most people don't do that. And when you know those three ways, I go in and I see immediately what they're not doing. And I say, look, you have this product, do an upsell. You have this client list, mail them and, and you know resell them something. And it's basically really, really simple, but most people don't know what they don't know. And so I go in and I fix their perceived problem first, because if I go in and say, look, actually, that's not your problem. Your problem is your leadership and this and that, they're going to say, who's this guy? So what I do is I gain their trust through fixing the problem that they think they have. And then in that period, we gain trust with each other, and I see how they operate, work, and move, and, and lead, and then I can adjust accordingly. And then we have amazing growth. Typically, just you know, like a typical company that I worked with, a roofing company, was uh, you know, in the first hour, we found 150k that he wasn't capitalizing. You know, I just increased his bottom line by 150k in the first hour. A roofing company with an extra 150k. Yes. Well, he did like 1.5 million the year before, so he wasn't. Wow. You know, it wasn't so bad. But now it was a year ago, and I coached him through a few new processes, and now he has three companies, and he's I think he's going up to 10 million. So that's that's within a year. Whoa. Could you go over those three again? You said raise your prices. Yep. Was it more clients? Yep. And then repeat. Repeat sales. Yes. Repeat sales. Okay. Okay. Underneath those three, there's 35 ways yeah. to do that. So collaborations is a big one, right? You know, when someone says to me, oh, I need to get my message out. I'm like, well, find someone who has a, you know, sort of a parallel product that isn't competing and swap lists, you know, and send them out to each other. And it's the quickest way to get market penetration in a new market with a new list. Most people are nervous to do that because they think they're giving something to the competition. But if you're scared of the competition, you're in scarcity mindset. So you got to get out of the scarcity mindset and be abundant. Everything I do, I give away. Like I do a live every single day for the last 19 months. And this is that, that's why I decided to stay home. So 19 months ago, I came home. My son and my daughter turned three and four, actually two and three. And my wife was there because I traveled four days a week. And I said, no, I'm done. I'm staying home. She goes, what are you going to do? I said, I have no idea. 
So I flew to Peru on my regular journey. I do a, a journey every year to Peru, and I work with the sacred medicine, plant medicine, ayahuasca, and San Pedro. And I set my intention to create a new life for myself. So I came back, and within three months, I had my online business. I was doing lives. I think I had 100, 100K revenue in the first three months without any marketing or anything, just through giving true value. So every time I go online, I give real, complete, full answers. And here's why. If I talk to 100 people, be it on stage or on my video, and I say, you can make a million dollars if you do this, 20% will pick up this, whatever it is, and about 6% will even take action. The rest of between the 6 and 20% will call me and say, can you do it for me? And that's sort of how I thrive. So I still haven't you know, we just started ads two weeks ago for a program that we have called the Immediate Impact Revenue Program for small to medium entrepreneurs who want to grow and scale their business in 30 days and then sort of use that as a platform or a springboard to go further. It's a free class. Uh, you can take the class. It's literally two and a half hours. I'm recording a new version today, a little shorter. But in that two and a half hours, you literally learn everything you need to know, including some of those three ways to grow your company. And you can walk away there to scale your company without the obligation of buying anything. And you can win. So if anyone wants to go to that, that's the website is stephenclass.com. So it's Stephen with a V and then class.com. But yeah, so, you know, it's all conscious, right? It's all conscious. I do things on purpose, uh, with purpose. Certainty is everything. And so when I went to uh, Peru, that's what I said. I want to, not I want, but I desire certainty in my life around these three things. And it happened. I bought a house, got 100K, started my business. And it literally within three months, my wife's like, oh, how, how'd you do that? And I said, how have I not been doing that? <laughs> right. You know, so that's what I do now. That's how I live. So we do a trip every year to Peru. We just got back in May. We're going again next May. It's already halfway sold out. Typically go with 15 people. We spend 10 days. We work with Ayahuasca and San Pedro. We work on certainty and a business. We work with a business mindset. So we don't go there and do hippie things and that kind of stuff. But we do work with vibrating sounds, instruments for some of the veterans come with us for their TBI, their traumatic brain injury. Uh, we work with ayahuasca and San Pedro too for the yin and yang. Ayahuasca is the airy female energy, and San Pedro is a masculine grounded energy. I mean, when you work with those two, and then we go to you know Machu Picchu, and it's just an incredible time. So, I use a lot of different methods to stay within myself with me, and I can just say any anyone here who isn't comfortable with being themselves, with themselves, by themselves, for an extended period of time, is not reaching their full potential. I promise mm -hmm. you. So until the point is, you know what? I could go to a mountaintop by myself for three weeks and it wouldn't bother me at all. That's literally where I've been since I got out of the monastery. And that's literally how everything exploded because there's nothing to worry about. Number one. Number two, no one at all is responsible for anything on the inside of me. So I decide and I dictate how I react, act, do, or whatever I say. Otherwise, I'm reacting, right? Mm -hmm. Only, and if someone makes me mad, say, for instance, we get in an argument and you make me mad and I yell at you, I'm basically your slave. You got me to yell. So once you realize that being by yourself and being happy with yourself and exploring who you are and loving yourself, accepting yourself, respecting yourself, honoring yourself is the key to true quality of life and happiness, it's hard to grasp because people are like, oh, that's bullshit. I need to make money. Then I can do that. Well, like I said before, once you have quality of life, once you have that self-respect, the, the money comes on its own. So quality of life first, then the money comes after automatically. Oh, I love that. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business. 
Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. Listeners, you know that I don't really watch a lot of television. I mean, it's rare for me to watch TV at all. But I have been marathon binge watching a couple old shows over the past couple weeks while I've been doing a major website build. And they've just been keeping me going. And for the last couple days has been Top Chef. Are you familiar with that show? No, I don't don't watch TV at all. No. Yeah. I don't normally either, but it just keeps me occupied in the background. To be totally honest, I burnt myself out listening to about 300 podcasts in a week. Oh, no. Two times speed. And I, I needed a break from yeah, that. No one, no one needs that. Yeah. Yes. So I went to the TV instead. But I was listening last night and just the rage and the blame that some of the contestants were vocalizing towards other people and right. just the berating. I was sitting in my chair thinking, oh, my gosh. I hope they get some help because it's not everybody else's fault. <laughs> no, not. never, never. And no. it doesn't matter what happens. I mean, if something happens to me f- through somebody else, that's because I put myself in that situation. I mean, you know, you taking responsibility, self-responsibility, you know, being responsible for yourself is so key. And as soon as you start blaming somebody else, you're giving the control to somebody else. I mean, why would you control? Why would you let someone else control who you are, what you are, where you go, what you do? No, 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 no. Even if you have a job, you don't have to be that way. Right. When I was a facilitator, they would bring me in and wouldn't tell anybody that I was a you know a self-employed guy. They would say, "Look, he's a new director," because they didn't want you know people saying, "Oh, he's only here temporarily." And I did what no one else could do in those companies in the same position, not because I was a freelancer or a self-employed, but because I got results and I always presented solutions. So I didn't complain. I didn't, you know, if there was problems and I had to go to the CEO, I went to the CEO. I said, look, this is a problem. This is what I see. Here's three solutions. I'd like to do the second one. He's like, all right, go do it. Done. And after that, I never had to ask again. I just did my own thing. And people don't understand that when you ask for permission to do your job, you'll always have to ask permission to do your job. And you'll never excel because they're going to expect you to come and ask them again. What are you doing? doing it on yourself. You have to ask me. And so if you can get someone in your chain of command or your boss or somebody to trust you in the way that I just said, by every time there's a problem, you create three solutions and present them. Look, here's the problem. Here's three solutions. I think number two is good. After a while, he'll be like, you know what? Just do it. And so these are the kind of things that I teach, taught, and this kind of thing. So when I was in, in these other companies as a freelancer, they were like, man, Steve gets to do everything. Why does he get to do everything? I'm like, look, look at his results. Look at it. Look at it. He's positive all the time. He never complains. He's always uplifting people. He's elevating people. He's doing things that no one else does. And it's all about being positive and having an impact in the world around you. Matter of fact, our credo was in our health club chain with 87 health clubs. It was, I inspire myself. I inspire my team. I inspire the members and I inspire the world around me. And we said that every day, multiple times. I mean, we literally lived that credo. It was incredible. So I had about five to 10 questions that came up, <laughs> but I want to scratch all those, and I would love to know what you think of the two words, why not? 
in what context? Well, I'm thinking about the way that I even came to that was I was thinking about permission, you know, asking permission. Right. And while you were talking, I realized that it wasn't necessarily about asking permission from my clients that was holding me back, but getting permission from myself. Yeah. I was in business for four or five years working 40 to 80 hour weeks for clients right. and not focusing on my business at all. I was purely building theirs. Right. And I always told myself, I don't have time to work on my business. Yeah. I can't take time. And there just came that point when I said, why not? Why not? Why not you, you mean? Right. Yeah. Well, that has to do with making yourself priority. Like we just talked about, you know, yep. you know, you have to be self-respect involves making yourself priority. I mean, without you, without you being the best version of yourself, you can't give the best of what you have. So for me, it's like building a house. If you don't have a foundation, ooh, it, might, it might look nice, but that first big win comes, it's all gone. So for me, I have to take care of myself first, which is again, why I do the magic mornings. Mm-hmm. It's, I have to prepare myself for the day. I prepare myself for my family. We have a ritual every morning. They come down and we sit on the sofa, all four of us, we hug and cuddle and we, you know, we talk about our feelings and how much love we have for each other and respect. And, you know, I have those conscious moments every single morning looking in their eyes and connecting my wife's, you know, specifically my wife, my kids are still too young to actually get the whole thing. But my wife is my superhero. You know, she's everything to me and she gives me the power, the freedom, the support, the love to do what I think is right. She completely trusts me without a shadow of a doubt. And that's just something that I can only receive. I can only receive that if I love myself and accept myself. Otherwise, I'm just looking for her to make me happy and that'll never happen. Oh, I love that. And I have to say that when I was not giving myself permission to take time on myself, there was no foundation. Yeah. In July 2016 found me in another just suicidal state. Yeah. I'm surprised that my business did not crash and burn. But I crashed and burned personally. Yeah. And when I came out of that, I realized, okay, something has to change. Like, big has to change. Right. And it's been one brick at a time. And three years later, I mean, the fact I can say what I'm thinking now better than I've ever been able to say what I'm thinking before. I want to go back to what you were saying, though, about expectations. Because mm-hmm. I, I think it's such a beautiful thought. And it can be a reality for listeners who are thinking, well, there is that expectation. I mean, in my marriage with my husband, there are no expectations. Exactly. We love each other. We treat each other well. We'll do what we can for each other. But there's not an expectation. I'm just going to use this as an example. There's not an expectation that every time I get up from my, you know, leave my office to use the restroom that I'm going to do something for him. (laughs) But I love to do something for him. You know, hey, do you need a drink? Do you need a refill on your coffee? Yeah. And it makes me feel good. And he does the same for me, but there's no expectation. If he walks through the house and he doesn't, oh my God, I, whatever. Yeah, it's key that people understand that that's the point of no, of no expectation is to be able to make your own choices, right? So when you make your own choices, you're operating from your own core principles of hit or whatever it is that you have for core principles. And that makes you automatically on the right path. You're automatically omitting positive vibes and vibrations. You're automatically in the place where you should be. If I try to please somebody or I do something to get something, I'm, out, I'm off of my path. I'm, I'm outside of the realm of my, my core principles. So I'm not going to be authentic. I'm, I'm going to have a different kind of vibration, different kind of energy. They're going to feel it. For instance, you come home with flowers. First thing, what's the wife say? What'd you do? Right? Expectation is he only brings flowers when something's wrong. So mm. change that right now. Right? Right. Yeah. That just makes me want to puke. Right. So the second thing is you come home with flowers unexpectedly like, oh, God, he wants something. Right? So, you know, the guy comes home. I'm going to give her flowers. Tonight, maybe it's going to be a great night. 
And you don't say that though. You don't verbalize that. You just give the flowers and act like it's just for flowers. But in the end, you know, in the back, your energy's showing her, okay, I want something. And she's probably thinking to herself, or she is thinking to herself, what does he want? Oh, he probably wants sex or something. You know? So you have this like misconnection of vibration and energy with each other. And the next thing you know, you're fighting over the chicken or the toothbrush right. or whatever. Right. Because you either, like I said, if I don't have an expectation that won't happen, and if I verbalize my expectation, and you can do it in a jokingly way, like, hey, baby, tonight maybe I'll get lucky, you know, something like that. Then she, at least she knows that you're expecting something. And then she can react directly to that. Now that takes time and that takes, you know, working with each other that uh, she can say, well, not tonight because boom, boom, boom. And I have to be able to accept that. And the only way I can accept that is if that thing that I'm asking for is not supposed to make me happy. It's just joy. Because if that's how I gain happiness and she says no, then I'm crushed and she feels bad. Right. So that's the whole thing about no expectations and loving yourself. It's such a delicate house of cards until you figure it out. That it's all based on you. Everything, everything, the whole planet in the world that you live in is based upon you. And unless you're squared away and on key, on point, then you're always going to have these small difference. Even if you're, you know, there's a lot of gurus out there, a lot of people that meditate, you know, 12 hours a day or whatever. First of all, they're typically broke. So that's a big misbalance right there because they're putting all of their focus on one thing and not the entire balanced life enterprise. So there's always going to be some, you know, I'm not perfect either. There's things that I work on all the time, but like we were talking about before, you got to be conscious of that, aware, monitor all the time. And I, I monitor people. I monitor the reactions to how I speak or what, what I say. And, you know, I'm always sort of adjusting that accordingly. When someone asked me, they said, hit, honesty, integrity, transparency, how transparent and honest can you be when you're in a board meeting? And like, you can't tell them everything. Well, common sense would tell you, obviously, I'm not going to sit there and say, I had an argument with my wife today and I feel really shitty, so I don't want to do this meeting. You know, that's not the kind of transparency I'm talking about. You know, I'm talking about transparency that's going to be transparency and honesty to the point that both parties end with a positive resolution. So it's, that's the kind of transparency and honesty I'm talking about, just so we're clear about that. I'm not going to go out there and say things that aren't pertinent to the situation. We could dive so much deeper into that, but I just want to stay on expectations for a yeah. little bit longer, if you don't okay. mind. Yep. So in 2009, I was introduced to the law of attraction, which completely changed my life. Right. Because I had been walking around and just existing up until that point, And I was 30 by the time this happened, with a dark cloud over my head. Right. If I wasn't happy, it was always somebody else's fault. And right. in that one moment, I mean, it was my chiropractor friend, Ed, who introduced me to the law of attraction. My life just changed. I realized, oh my gosh, I have the power. Yeah. I have the power. And it's not anybody else anymore. So now visualization is huge in my life. Mm-hmm. And for the last five years, I've had my dream house blueprint as one of my saved bookmarks, you know, in Chrome. And it's the picture of the house is the backdrop of my Gmail. Right. And this past weekend, I actually just random, I found the property that I want to build this house on someday. Right. It's not an expectation. It is a dream, and I see it happening. So where do you see expectation? I mean, Well, I get what you're saying, and this is the deal. I'm very visual. I have a dream board as well, vision board, but I have to change it so often because I keep reaching everything so quick. So I wanted this house, and we found the exact house we wanted with the exact office with everything that we wanted in it within three months, and we bought it. Boom. Wow. And that's because of one thing. It's not because I'm thinking of it. You said one key word, someday, right? Mm-hmm. Someday never comes. Now, you only have now. It's right now. So when you visualize, you have to visualize yourself in that house right now. Oh, I do. I see myself walking around with right. my cup of coffee and just, I can right. smell it. I can see it. The way you're talking, the way you're talking is like, it'll be in the future soon, one day, someday. So you're pushing it forward. You're automatically pushing it forward. So it's like when someone says, 
want to be a millionaire in two years. Why would you say two? Why would you put a time limit on it? Because what, right. what if it happens tomorrow, Ooh. right? So yeah. exactly. So if you're putting a time limit on it, you're actually closing a collapse on, on your eyes so you don't see the two most important things in success. And that is coincidence and luck. Coincidence and luck are you know, responsible for about 30 to 40% of any ultra successful person's business, life, life enterprise. And so when you're focused on one thing, uh, it's also how you look at it. What's the house really represent for you? Is that the house that you want or is it you want to live the life of a person who has that kind of a house? See the difference? Yes. So if I want a house like that, I would ask myself, what kind of a person would live in that house? Is that me? Well, yeah, okay, I got like five companies and I'll have to make this much money. You know, I got the house and then what kind of a car would I have? You know, how many cars in the garage? What's the family? What's the neighborhood? Where would I go out? Where would I hang out? Is there, you know, that kind of stuff. So I start creating this picture in my mind of the entire lifestyle where the house is only part of that lifestyle. Therefore, I'm encompassing much more into my vision so that it actually happens for real and quicker because the more that I include, the more signals I will be able to receive from things that I see that remind me of it or see it or lead me in that direction. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't see that before. And I'm not trying to take credit away from you. So I just want to thank you. But I had written a soulmate spec sheet when I left my ex-husband of these are the qualities. I would rather be single for the rest of my life, but this is what I'm looking for if I should ever date anybody again. Yeah. And within three weeks, I met my husband, yeah. who was completely my soulmate. Yeah. There was no expectation. I wasn't even looking for him, but I had that. Well, there was expectation. That's what I would have in a man if I were to ever date again. But I wasn't looking for that person. Yeah. So I love that you said coincidence and luck. Yeah. Because it, I found him on Craigslist, Stephen. I was looking for <laughs> furniture, and I found him. So, yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Thank and- it's well, of course, of course. I mean, and it's, it took years of practice. And I want to tell you how I came up with this. And this is going to please. This is probably going to blow your mind as well because it dawned on me. I was doing all these things, and you know, I was walking up to Andrea Bocelli and saying, "Look, you need me to work for you. You have no idea who I am, but I want to work for you, and I want a retainer in the music industry, which doesn't exist." And, and they said, "Okay." I went to you know Lavinia and John and opened her, her company in six countries, and and I was always saying, "Man, what, what am I doing? What is this? Like, what you know?" Until I realized, until I put a process and name what it is that I do. I don't know what I'm doing. So I look back, and that's where HIT came from. That's where PPR came from, problem, product, resolution. That's where PPS came from, people, procedures, and structures. That's where all these acronyms that I use come from to describe the ways that I lived my life. Now, through teaching it and repetition, which you know is a master of all learning, through repetition, I get better and better at it to the point where it's like almost speed manifesting now when I do these kind of things. So this is what I'm talking to you about today. I talked about last night on another podcast. So it just keeps building upon itself. So until you know how you got to where you are, as far as the positive things go, the things that you repeat and put that into a process, at least give it a name and understand what you were doing, it's hard to build on that, isn't it? Because you don't know what you're building on. So when I realized that, I was like, holy cow. Once I had that, it's like I'm building a high rise. It just – because the foundation is hit. Then I have the life enterprise. Then I have relational capital. So investing in relational capital is just like investing in, in financial capital, but you have 100% guaranteed return in relational capital. And the law of reciprocity dictates that you will receive what you don't have when you give what you have. And mm-hmm. giving what you have could be love, could be knowledge, could be anything. And once you trust in that and you have certainty in that, by the way, it's a big difference between the house that you're looking for and the house that I got is I was certain that I was going to get it right now. Like I have no doubt in my mind. See, you have belief. That's the first step 
of certainty is belief. Belief is, is active. So I believe that I can do this and that. I believe this is going to happen. I believe. That's conscious, right? And then you have faith. Faith is like sort of when you pray and you put it up there and every once in a while you check on, you'll check in on it. You'll pray for it again. You'll, you'll look around. Is anything happening? And then you have certainty. Certainty completely erases the how. Once you're certain about something, you don't even worry about how it's going to happen because you know it's going to happen. You just sit, kick back and let go. And I honest to you, when my wife, we found this house and my wife said, do we have the money? I'm like, nope. And uh, I said, sign it anyway, because I was so certain that this was our house, the one that we wanted and that it was meant for us that I didn't worry about the money. And she signed it and two weeks later I had the money. So it's certainty that matters. Yeah. It's certainty that matters. It's the same reason that I told you before. If I'm not certain and I'm trying to control the how, right? And the outcome, exactly how it's supposed to be. Again, I'm focusing on a small range and I'm missing luck and coincidence. And my luck was that I met a coach through somebody else that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise who coached me for literally an eight-week period once a week for an hour. And in that eight-week period, I raised 100K. Wow. And that only happened because I saw it as an opportunity and I wasn't looking at, oh, I need to save money. I need to make more money. Oh, what about the house? That kind of stuff. So I was open for that. You have to see what's going on around you. When you can only see what's going on around you when you're certain that what you're going after is happening. Then you don't have to worry about how it happens because it will certainly happen. I just want to share with you one more thing. So along with, I do a lot of mindset and mindfulness work as right. well. And along with that, my religious faith is very important to me. In January 1st of this year, I gave it all to God. I said, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know how. And I just gave it up. Right. And I had created a... I'm not going to put an E on this podcast for any listeners who are listening with kids. I apologize, but I had to get shit done list. And I'm standing in the shower one day and I just heard this message. You need to change that name. You are not making shit. You are not making shit. These are prioritized, purposeful actions. You need to change that list name. So I got out of the shower and went to my Google doc and renamed it. It's my PPAs now. Prioritized, purposeful actions. Is it, is it a PPA? If it's cleaning out my inbox, no, it is not a PPA. That is a GSD, and I don't do GSDs anymore. And that has been a huge shift this year. Stephen, could you share the URL one more time where people can go and sign up for your your course? And it will be in the show notes, listeners, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP604. But you just have me thinking so much, and I know the listeners as well. And actually, while you're doing that, where else can listeners find you online? Well, my class is stephenclass.com, real simple. And I talk about all this stuff. I talk about life enterprise. I talk about hit, all this kind of things in the business because you can't be successful in business the way you could be if you're not living according to who you are and your identity. So that's stephenclass.com. My website is stephen with a V dash K-U-H-N.com. There's all my stuff on there. There's my speaking reel, a lot of goofy stuff, um, hundreds of testimonials with people that I've worked with. So, you know, in the end, basically as a turnaround guy, I also turn lives around. So I do probably only about 45% business consulting and coaching. And I end up, it's funny, I have a guy right now who's moving his entire business to America from Australia. And I said, okay, so you need me to help you with, no, no, I don't need you with the business. I need you to get my mind right that I'm actually going to make it. (laughs) So Mm. it's funny how, although being a business consultant all these years, turnaround specialist all these years, an implementer. Literally, the culture of the company, the culture of the people in that company, the way they love themselves and care for them. I mean, literally, we had meetings every day at 1400, sorry, at, at 2 p.m., and it was the entire team. And we always spent a good 15 minutes on self development, meaning 
yourself, not, you know, do this and do that. It's like yourself. I love yourself. We did Tai Chi. We did, you know, Qigong. We went out and talked to strangers and elevated them and made them feel great. So you could see the reflection of yourself. And, and this is what I mean when I said I went back to the corporate world and I became who I was for real and not just a manager or leader like they wanted me to be. I was always a good leader. But this, when I did this, I changed the culture of the company so drastically that the CEO, the owners came down and they said, look, I want you to go to every 87 locations and teach this to everyone because it was so impactful. The revenue went up, the complaints went down. I mean, it just, the attrition went down. It was incredible, but it was only because we focused on the human being, each single one of us and not obviously as a team unit and not like these over, like read this book or let's do this exercise or just check in the boxes. We literally cared for them. And that's what I talk about. That's, that's what true success is. And that is actually true quality of life. There is so much more there. I love it. Listeners again to sign up for the class, com forward slash PP604. The link will be there. So if you're trying not to burn dinner, don't want to fall off the elliptical, <laughs> yeah, you can go get it. Wow. I have so many more questions, but in respect for your time, I just want to thank you so much for being here. And I might have to ask you to come back for a part two. But My pleasure. Thank you so much. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can share with listeners? Well, I'm looking at my daughter right now. She got some new clothes. Looks beautiful, baby. Awesome. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> she got some new clothes. I think the most important piece we talked about today, you know, everyone talks, there's just two things that people see in life. One is they want to feel happy with themselves, right? So that everyone wants to be happy with themselves. That's just a simple fact. It's difficult to do. But the one thing that everyone worries about first is I need to make money so I can be happy with myself. Switch it up, turn it around, seek that quality of life, spend more time with your family, spend more time on yourself, doing the things that you love, be happy and joyful, and then the money, the luck, and the coincidence will happen and it'll fall right into your lap. And I'm not even kidding. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.